You're listening to How To Catholic, episode 20, How To Easter. Feast it up. Hey everybody, this is Lisa Cotter. And I'm Kevin Cotter, and we're your co-hosts here at the How To Catholic Podcast, where our goal is to help you practically live your Catholic faith with excellence. Hello, and welcome back to the How To Catholic Podcast. And I say welcome back because really it is welcome back. It's welcome back, Cotter. I know. Welcome um, back. Welcome back. Well, for those of you who don't know, Welcome Back, Cotter is a show from the 1970s that we probably only saw like on Nick at Night growing up. <laughs> it, had, it had John Travolta. And whenever I mention that my last name is Cotter to someone who's like 60 plus, they're like, have you ever seen this TV show? It's called Welcome Back, Cotter. I'm like, yeah, 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 I've seen it. So, yeah. But they're always like really excited about my last name. And then there was this awesome like Christian rap version of it. Yeah. It came out right about the time we got married and we totally blew it. We should have used that for our entrance song when we came in. Did I think, we? I, I think we think, did. Yeah, I think we did. We did. Anyways, we didn't blow it. We're so smart. Okay, point being. We're back. <laughs> We're back. It's been a couple of weeks. If you're a faithful listener to the podcast, you know, I put up just a quick little three minute explaining that. We had to take a little break from podcasting because I was going on sabbatical. And I just realized that the last thing I did on my sabbatical was podcast. And you the first be- thing bef- we're doing. Yeah. Before you went on your, last thing before you went on your sabbatical. Yeah. Right. Was podcasting. And, and then. Now the first thing we're doing is podcasting. Well, I think in your message, you mentioned that we were going on a trip, but now we, we mm-hmm. should tell people like what the trip was. Where did we go? Where did we go? Mystery. Yes. Unless you follow us on social media, then you know, but. We went to Rome. Roma. Roma. The whole fam. The eternal city. Yes. The whole family. Yep. How did we do that, Kevin Cotter? Well, if we'd listen to episode 14, we could mm-hmm. listen to my interview with Brian McAdam on free travel. And Brian, who has taught me his ways for many years, uh, helped us accumulate enough points for airfare and lodging for free. Free. Which is great. Yes. And the reason we did this, the reason we spent so much time racking up points is because we had to go back to Rome because we had made a promise to Mary. We had made a promise. We did. Uh, So October 22nd, 2012, Kevin and I were blessed to get to go with Focus on Pilgrimage. That was work, which is a terrible thing to have to do to work. It was a rough life. We had to eat gelato and pizza and it was hard. Yeah. So Focus uh, paid for us to go to Rome with them. For, well, not me fully, but yeah. anyways, um, it was cheap enough that it was totally worth it. And we were there for the, uh, the new evangelization. Um, there's a fancy word. It's not a summit. What do they call those? Uh, synod. Synod. Yes. Cause our founder Curtis was a part of that. So he was hanging out with Pope oh, Benedict. Founder. <laughs> Nobody gets that, but you. <laughs> well, the, yeah. <laughs> just when, when you, I don't know. Founder is just a funny word. Like founder. Okay, sorry, that's a t- that's an inside joke tangent. Um, anyways, so... I have no regrets. <laughs> so it's October 22nd, Feast of JP2, 2012. We're there in, in we're, Rome. We're back on track. We're in back Rome, on track. October 22nd. Yep, yep. Feast, Feast of JP2. Mm-hmm. We, have, we have two kids at this time who are four and six, and we mysteriously cannot get pregnant again. We've, we've run through all of the um, 
yeah, all kinds of, of tests and things. Um, it was fun. Yeah. I think for all of us. Except for no, the part when I had to go get shots every other day. It wasn't yeah. fun. It's things not like fun that. at all. It was Zero not. Fun. It was not fun. It was a cross. And so we went to Rome and we said, you know, there's this statue of Mary in San Agostino that people go to to pray for the blessing of children. Which that translates to St. Augustine. Yes. For our listeners. Which is my maiden name. And St. Augustine or... Augustine. Augustine. Augustine was my maiden name. Um, follows us around everywhere. So we we were um, went and prayed there and and asked for Mary to intercede for us to bless us with another child because really there's no explanation as to why we couldn't have more kids. In this particular Marian statue is known as the place where you pray for a child if you find yourself unfertile. So it was like a very meaningful spot, and in particular by JP two is a spot that he visited. Uh, himself as Pope and really, yeah, called out this this Marian uh, devotion to praying to Our Lady for infertility. Yes. So we went October 22nd and we prayed and came back and we didn't get pregnant right away. And we were like, oh, that's really sad. And just real, real quick, like at the Marian statue, like there's all of these memorials of people who have had their prayers answered and who have had children. So it's really powerful because it's not mm-hmm. just like, oh, there's a place you go. It's like, Here's all the people who have prayed here have had their prayers answered. Yes. So we went, we prayed October 22nd, came back, sad, nothing happened. And then three months later, we got pregnant. And I was due like October 15th or something or 12th. I think it was October 12th. Uh, But Grace, our baby, on her own came 10 days late. Mm -hmm. No doctor intervention on October 22nd, 2013. So a year to the day from when we were there praying. On JP2's feast day. On JP2's feast day again. So we had told Mary, you know, we'll bring this child back to say thank you. And so we had to fulfill our promise. Yeah. So we took Gracer back. Yep. And it was, it was beautiful. Really neat. Really cool to be there with all of our kids. Just to say thank you for the blessing of another child in our family. Um, and this infertility thing, like we've never figured it out. We still haven't been able to conceive again. So, yep. you know, I don't know. Maybe when you go to Rome, maybe that's the answer for us. <laughs> <laughs> you just got to pray at the Statue of St. Augustine. <laughs> I don't know. We leave it in God's hands. Um, so that was just, it was a real, real gift, a real special thing for us to get to do as a family. Um, and to just be able, while we were there, of course, show the kids just how big and universal and amazing our church is. So yeah. we are back from that special little pilgrimage. If you want to see pictures uh, on Instagram, I, I posted some pictures um, and Facebook, actually. Yeah, and Facebook. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, to be able to see the, the Marian statue and fun to see grace put up a picture of uh of herself and mm-hmm. uh, part of the memorial and everything so we left her little photo there so it was legit yeah and we felt like this is actually a great story to start with for this episode on how to easter because it's a story of hope mm-hmm. um it's a reminder of god's faithfulness and i mean it's such an amazing and incredible thing that he did um our other son too was born on the death anniversary of my father passing. So both our kids, I don't know, God just chooses really cool dates for our kids. Oh, and Mary Claire was born on 07 of 07. She's the least, the, like the, yeah. the the child with the least amount of cool dates to her name was yeah. 0707. Yeah, and she was seven pounds, seven ounces. So. Yeah. Just, she just has number things, nothing really Yeah, really it's not that cool at all. Though. Yeah, the other two have very, very significant birthdays, um, which is pretty amazing. Uh, so it's a, it's a story of hope and of God's faithfulness, and it's a story of, of new life. And really, that's a lot of what the Easter season is about here. So we're going to dive into uh, how to Easter. Easter's coming up. Um in a week 
Yeah. In a week. It, mm-hmm. Really soon. Really soon. Oh, we hope you've had a great Lent. Yeah. Um, a meaningful and significant Lent. Um, so, Kev, can you maybe start us off with just a little bit about the Easter season? Like, what are we diving into here? Yeah, and I think uh, hope is definitely a key to it. But I think... Um, even going further, like hope and what, right? So like, it's not just like, oh, we're hopeful that good things happen or like, I hope um, my day goes well or I hope I do good on my test or I hope I have a good day at work. Like that's one area of hope, but hope in the Christian sense, the the virtue of the word word, um, as a Christian virtue means that we have this trust and confidence that one day we will be in heaven. That's ultimately what we're hoping for. And Easter is a time where we can live out that hope and a reminder of we're not made for this world. And hopefully through Lent, you're like, man, this is, life's hard, but also I just... I don't want to be <laughs> in this world. Yeah, I don't want to. Uh, this is just difficult. Um, it was winter or whatever it was, but, but Easter is that time where you say, we're not, we're not created for this world. We're created for heaven. We're created for something more. And we get reminded of, of heaven through uh, the Easter season just in so many ways, I think, with the weather or with just uh, feasting and not and not being uh, not fasting, uh, and hopefully in so many other ways that we'll go through today uh, in this podcast. But really, yeah, that's what the season's all about. It's about hope, but something specific, which is hope for heaven. So why don't we just go through the Easter season? I think to most people, you said like, when's Easter? They would say like, oh, it's it's you know it's that Sunday in March or April, one time a year. And Easter is really a little bit more than that. Easter is actually 50 days long. Boom. It's longer than Lent. I love that fact. And so we're going to walk through a little bit just that structure um, of Easter. And I think that's all about being Catholic. We've talked about this before on the podcast, but we see the world differently and we live differently based off of those views. And, And a lot of that involves our liturgical calendar. We actually live what we believe. Um, today I was thinking of that and reminded of that during Palm Sunday readings, right? Like they're so long. They're like, Im- what's the right word? Obnoxiously long. Like they're, th- <laughs> especially when you have kids. Like, yeah, you get like halfway through and you're like, oh my gosh, we're only halfway through. Like I haven't been able to meditate <laughs> on all of this. There's too much. But why? Like why, why would, I mean, somebody is sitting there creating those readings and they know they're long. Like they're not like, unaware that this is incredibly long, even painfully long for some people, whether you have children or you're elderly or whatever it is, like it's very long. But the church wants us to live those moments. It wants us to experience Jesus' passion. It doesn't want us to just mention it. It doesn't want us to just go through the crucifixion scene. It wants us to experience Jesus' suffering and death and have us own that. And I think everything with our liturgical seasons and the same thing with Easter, the church just wants us to live out this. And so, uh, let's walk through some of these moments in Easter. So, Lisa, you want to start us off with our first one? Yeah. So, I think sometimes what we fail to to notice, kind of like we do with Christmas, is that this is its own season. Just like Christmas is one day, Easter isn't just one day either. So, we've got these 50 days of Easter, but we start off, much like with Christmas, with an octave, where we have eight days where every day is a solemnity on the calendar, which it means... W- yeah. Tell us more. What's a solemnity? Yeah. It means that every day is like Sunday. Hmm. It's the highest of the feast day. So this is a day where we should be resting like a Sabbath. We should be relaxing like a Sabbath and, and enjoying 
um, the resurrection to its fullest extent there. And when we talk about um, kind of, you know, the way that we celebrate our, our days of feasting, solemnities are the highest day, and then we have feast days, um, which, you know, are kind of a notch down in the way that we celebrate. And mm-hmm. then we have memorials, which are even sometimes optional. Yep. So when it comes to the feast days and the memorials, it, the, those aren't, I think feast days are universal. Those are for everybody. As yeah, yeah. that's all like apostles. So like be the, the feast day of St. Matthew. Yeah. And that'll be like everybody in the church is celebrating the apostle Matthew. Mm-hmm. But then you have optional or memorials that are sometimes optional that can be more regional. So it's just for, you know, this area of the church where that saint came from. So it might be like Pier Giorgio Frassati. Someone in Italy might be like, that's a memorial. They always take that option because that's. Special that's one significance. Of their saints. Yeah. yeah. And as Americans, I feel like we take on like everybody's because we are a melting pot. So yeah, we're yeah, like, yeah. we all celebrate St. Patrick. Yeah. <laughs> like, yep. We're all Irish today or whatever it is. Um, so we don't really get that regional feel as much, I don't think, um, yeah. as you might in Europe where you that person walked your streets and you know them. Like there's, you know, maybe a saint or two that maybe visited where you live. Um, but usually not like a saint that's like from your town. <laughs> yeah. But, but solemnities are like, all right, everyone's going to celebrate this. And it's a really big deal. It's basically what the church is saying. And that's for the first, yeah, eight days, including Easter, are those considered those really high feast days. Yeah, in that octave, it ends with that that second Sunday of Easter. So Easter Day is the first Sunday of Easter. And then we have the second Sunday, which is Divine Mercy Sunday. And this is a great example of, of kind of the scaling of, of feast days. Uh, because for a long time, the actual first celebration of Divine Mercy mercy was on april 28 1935 which was uh that that first Sunday after Easter, so the second Sunday of Easter that year. And it was the first time where they actually showed the image of divine mercy in a mass. And St. Faustina was actually in attendance for that. Oh, wow. Which is pretty incredible. That is incredible. Yeah. So this, of course, happened in Poland because that's where she was from. And so for a long time, that was just like a regional feast that was just for the people in the area, just for Poland. And then in 2000 was when JP2, who was Polish, said, no, this needs to be for everybody. And he elevated it to an actual feast day for the Church Universal. If if you ever just wanted to become Pope one day, if you needed any more encouragement, you can do things like that. You can just <laughs> take your like <laughs> local regional feast day and be like, I got an idea. Let's do this for everybody. That's right. We're going to elevate it for everybody. Which I will say, this is a pretty brilliant idea by our, our yes. late Holy Father. Yes, a worthy saint. feast of elevating for, for the Universal Church. So that's a great feast day I mean, to kind of end the octave with. Um, and I feel like it's so significant, too. We just went through Lent, and we just looked at our lives and saw how much we stink, <laughs> how hard it is for us to... to do uh, what it is that we desire to do when we make those sacrifices and things. And then just to be reminded, like, God loves you. Like, he's merciful. Like, and, and he loves the fact that you're out there making an effort and striving and trying. Um, so there's a beautiful reminder of that. So we've got Divine Mercy Sunday, and then we, we kind of go into Easter season, just, mm-hmm. just normal Easter days, which aren't solemnities. They're not uh, elevated days like the octave is, but still they're elevated it's, it's still a season of feasting. It's not just ordinary time. No, this we're not. This is Easter time. Mm-mm. We've got whites in our churches, which I always appreciate because I feel like <laughs> churchical green isn't always Cause attractive. Because you're white? Is that, what you, is that what you meant? No. no. I'm, just I'm just joking. It's just a joke. No. Because I just I just like the look of white better than green. Because <laughs> a lot of times, I don't know, I feel like it takes a beautiful church and then you put this grass green everywhere and just kind of tones it down a little bit. 
Anyways, that's my tangent. <laughs> Fashion in churches, as if it matters. Anyway, so we're going through Easter season here. So we've got the third Sunday through the sixth Sunday. Nothing really significant happening um, on a grand scale. And then we come to the Ascension. Now, Ascension is kind of interesting because when we were kids back in the day in the 90s, way back when, <laughs> it was Ascension Thursday. Do you remember this? I, I remember. Yeah. Oh, how could I forget? <laughs> how could you forget Ascension Thursday? Because it was, a, it was a big day. I remember going to Catholic school because you always, that was an all-school mass day. That was a holy day of obligation at the time. And so it was, it was significant um, because that was 40 days after Easter because mm-hmm. Jesus walked with the apostles and disciples for 40 days after he resurrected. Mm-hmm. So we've got those 40 days. And so it would fall on a Thursday then. But like with many of the other feast days, apparently our bishops decided that we were kind of wimpy. And they said, we're going to float that to the closest Sunday. Um, or, well, actually, it's going to be the seventh And actually, Sunday. it depends which country you live in. Like, I think yeah. in England and Scotland, they're like, no, it's Ascension, Ascension Thursday. Like, deal with it, everybody. Well, certain dioceses, too. I think Lincoln Diocese still does Ascension Thursday. There's certain dioceses that have kind of said, no, 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 we're going to keep it. And I think, again, a reminder of this lived experience. Like, as a church, we're trying to live Easter with Jesus as a resurrected person here on earth, right? So like we're remembering that Jesus walked with the apostles as someone who's resurrected and we want to live that same length of time with our Lord. But we don't stop with ascension because there's even something better 10 days later. Yes, so then 10 days later would be the... Pentecost. Yes. Yep. The feast. Yeah, the feast. And so um, a lot of these calendars, it's fun, goes back to... Uh, Jewish calendars as well. So obviously, maybe not so obvious, uh, Easter is always timed every year based on Passover because that's what Jesus celebrated uh, at uh, the first Eucharist, uh, the first Mass, was the Passover meal. And so Easter changes based on Passover changing. And then based on Passover, they would have another feast seven weeks later. So seven times seven, 49 days would be the Feast of Weeks. And the Feast of Weeks celebrates um, the giving of the law to Moses in the wilderness. And then Pentecost comes, and it's so beautiful that God, on the celebration of the law being given to Moses, instead gives us his self, himself in the form of the Holy Spirit on this day as well. So it's a little bit like the Holy Spirit is replacing the law, which is ultimately what our hearts need. Yeah, so it's not like written on stone anymore, but it's yeah. like written in us, in yeah. the Holy Spirit. God's so smart. He's just a smart guy. That's super cool. So that concludes our 50 days, but that gives you kind of an outline for the Easter season. So it's not just one big blob of 50 days, but with an amazing octave to begin, and it's really celebrating Jesus' time here on earth up to the ascension, those 40 days, and then 10 more days all the way we get to to Pentecost and, uh, yeah, celebrate the Holy Spirit and that gift to us. Rounds out the 50 days. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so you've got seven times seven, 49. Yep. And then the 50th day then is Pentecost. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. Real cool. Awesome. So. So how do we live this out? This is a how-to mm-hmm. podcast. And we've told you some vision for what the season's all about. But Lisa, I want you to kind of walk us through some ways to live out Easter. Because I think, again, we're Catholic. We believe something. We should live differently. And then when we think of Christmas, it's like, oh, we've got all the traditions in the world we look at that a bit we realize a lot of them are from the world not necessarily from our church um some elf of them on the shelf is it from the church no neither mm. is the movie elf um 
But, and so we, yeah, we like mm-hmm. instinctively know like, oh, Christmas means this. But I don't think we have the same for Easter. We're not like, oh, Easter. That means other than bunnies, like we've got, you know, like how do we live this out? So let's walk through some ways to celebrate Easter. Yeah, so the first one, this is going to sound a little bit funny, um, but decorate for Easter. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Decorate, decorate your house for Easter. It can sound a little silly, but we decorate for Christmas. We do an awesome job with that. So why not do the same thing for Easter? Get so your this, get your white out. That's right. Decor- <laughs> white and gold. And gold. Gold is a very um, great Easter color. Um, so we, we do this in our house. We have, uh, during Easter season, the house is actually decorated for Easter. So I'm going to put some pictures up uh, in the show notes of this because I have pictures from years past of the way that we decorate our house for Easter. I'm, I'm just a little worried because on, on some of our notes here for the show, I think you have the the h word and i just want to make sure you don't say it oh oh the a word you mean yeah i mean i think you can start with an a or an h yeah well i'll have to um self um mute myself yeah you (laughs) you beep it out (laughs) no i just won't say it i think it'd be more fun if we beeped out h word (laughs) (laughs) well it's also the a word i think i think it's more the a word i'm gonna hope that you listeners know what we're talking about you it, you can spell it either way. I know. So it's the H or the A word. It's the Halal Psalms, which start with mm. Halal starts with an H. Yeah, but in the like missile, it starts with an A when we sing before the gospel. Anyways. This can be something you can try to solve. <laughs> potato, potato, <laughs> H word, A word. You can tell us what how it's, you would spell it. It's both. Okay, so we decorate for Easter, and we have um, we have a resurrection scene, which is fun. It's kind of like a nativity, but... It shows the empty tomb and the uh, the soldiers are there and they're, you know, of course, knocked out and the angels are there um, and the women are coming. Um, so we we put out our little resurrection scene um, and then we have um, some letters, just some letters I got from Michael's. Oh, the resurrection scene I got from um, Oriental Trading Company of all places. They've got everything. Yeah, they do. They love the Easter stuff for churches. Um, so we have uh, some letters that I got from Michael's and I painted them gold and they say he is risen. So we kind of put those out up on like a mantle area. And we also have one with the A word that goes over the fireplace, like some a paper banner with that. And we decorate the house with uh, eggs. We have, um, I don't know, like I fill the hurricane vases with eggs or put eggs like in the centerpiece on the dining room table why, why like eggs lisa tell me more why would one use an egg well an why egg is, is that a symbol an Easter of new life okay and it reminds us in springtime oftentimes we're seeing you know baby chicks hatching and new life and it just reminds us of of life other people sometimes talk about eggs being like the empty tomb yeah like it reminds us that um like when you open up a plastic easter egg it's an empty tomb so yeah there's a lot of meanings behind eggs great symbol Mm-hmm. And really tasty all at the same time. <laughs> it's great. What a what a thing, an egg. I know. Um, and I try to have flesh, fresh flowers in the house throughout all of Easter. So we don't have flowers in the house during Lent at all, unless it's the Feast of St. Joseph. But then during Easter, we try to have flowers in the house. And sometimes they're fake flowers if I don't have time to get fresh ones. But one thing I did this last fall is I planted a bunch of bulbs in our backyard knowing that they would come up in the spring. And Easter's a little bit late this year, so we probably won't get flowers for all of spring from there. But um, on Easter, I'm going to go, a bunch of them are already blooming, but I'll cut those and bring those inside and use those throughout Easter season for as long as we can get them. They're just daffodils and tulips, basic 
bulb flowers. Um, so that's kind of a fun way just to have fresh life and new life in the home during that time. And so that, that was point number one, as far as living out yeah. decorating. Yes. And on this section, you said, I'll, I'll explain a bit and then you can add details. I don't have any details <laughs> have for any this details. one. You covered it all really so well all. that I don't need to say anything. Yes. So what, so, okay. Decorate. Sure. So maybe, you know, maybe you like decorating. Maybe you don't, but what are some other ways we could live out Easter as well? Uh, I'm excited about the decorating. I, I, I agree. You decorate. I'm just saying other people might have other ways they want to live out Easter. I mean, than like guys in a dorm room might not want to put fresh flowers and banners that say Alleluia. Uh, they Is might. <laughs> Beep. <laughs> Guess who's going to edit the podcast and put that in? It's you. I'm just going to leave it as it is. Uh, okay, wow. fine. Second thing for living the tip, <laughs> living Easter season. <laughs> to celebrate. To celebrate the season. And there's kind of two ways you can do this. One is in small ways. Um, watch that movie. Go on a special outing. Go out to eat. Make a treat for your neighbors. Do some of those things that maybe you didn't do during the Lenten season. Or those things that maybe you don't do very often. And actually do them during this season of Easter. So the small ways. Just kind of savor each day. The second thing you can do is live it up in the big ways, especially those octave days, that Divine Mercy Sunday, Ascension, Pentecost. Really live those days as a day of feasting. Make sure that you have a special dessert that day. Invite some friends over. Um, Take a break if you can. Kind of lighten your load, especially during the octave. Obviously, people have to work. You probably can't just take eight days off of work, but can you take maybe a personal day in there somewhere and just go do something that you love. Yeah. And yeah. ma- make it um meaningful as well. I think uh, Matt Fred said something really really I think profound and simple on Twitter usually brings his his A game, but he said, you know, fasting without prayer is just dieting. Mm. And so I think also like feasting without prayer, or like feasting just like, oh, I'm going to eat this bag of candy. <laughs> like that's not it's like wait, how It's just gluttony. Yeah, that's just <laughs> gluttony. Like that's not that's not anything. So Great, we're gonna we're going to feast. That's a really good thing. But how do you do it purposefully? How do you do it with friends and have a great conversation? You know, like feel like yeah. feel like we're in heaven, like because we have a great feast and had a good conversation. Not just I'm gonna watch this movie and eat this bag of candy. Like, I mean, be easy on yourself, but like, why? You know, like what are you thinking of and remembering in that moment? Then, sweet, I get to eat chocolate and I didn't eat chocolate. You know? Yeah, yeah. So celebrate really really celebrate those days and and enjoy them and remember that it's 50 days we let our kids pick like one piece of candy from their candy basket which this year's gonna be from their halloween candy because <laughs> we have so much still but they don't they don't have candy during lent really unless there's somebody's birthday or something pathetic how much candy we have as a society or a family but yeah in our house you mean yeah it's bad but we'll let them pick out a little piece of candy after dinner all throughout easter which Maybe some parents would be like, that's horrible. Don't give your kids that much sugar. We're like, well, they sacrificed during Lent. We want them to recognize the significance and not just see. I mean, I feel like as a kid for me, Lent, like I didn't, we didn't do the feasting really. Mm-hmm. We had Easter, but we didn't celebrate the season. And so it was just like, gosh, I got to do all this fasting and sacrificing and that's lame. And then I don't really get anything in return. Yeah. Um, I just don't want my kids to see the church that way. Yeah. Pope Francis says, you know, there's those Catholics that, it feels like it's Lent all the time, you know? It's just like, mm-hmm. don't do that, and you should be doing this for Jesus. And it's like, oh, wow, that's just really 
abrasive and not, you know, mm-hmm. so that our seasons and make sure yeah. we don't just feel like Lent all the time. Yeah. It's also Easter and it's Easter for longer than Lent is. So yeah, we always point that out to our kids. Yep. And the last one is to continue to, I, I'm not quite sure to phrase this, but not continue your resolutions, but gain from the fruit from your resolutions. So like if you mm-hmm. said, I'm going to start praying more, like glean from that. Don't be like, oh great, now Lent's <laughs> over, so I don't have to pray anymore. <laughs> like, Or I stopped gossiping, so now it's time to gossip. That's right, yeah. <laughs> Easter Monday, I'm going to go tell all the neighbors. <laughs> oh, I got so much gossip from the last 40 days, you don't even know. Yeah, so how can you... How can you change? How can you take that virtue that you gained from Lent and mm-hmm. and not just drop it with with the rest of Lent, but actually continue it as a growth in virtue, as a lifestyle change that's going to help you build a better habit in your life? Cool. All right. So time for the how-to resolution? Yes. So our how-to resolution, there's so much we could do with this, but here's the one we, we want to we do. Yeah is we're going to challenge you to host a party or a gathering during one of those octave days of Easter. So those solemnity days, I should say. Uh, so during the octave or Divine Mercy Sunday, which is part of the octave, or Ascension or Pentecost, do something during one of those days. Have some people over to your house, eat some good food or dessert or drink your favorite drink and play cards or play a board game or hang out on the back porch with the fire pit. Just find a day where you have somebody over to really intentionally celebrate one of those special days within the season of Easter and really live it up. Yeah. Built, built, I think this is all about building a life that helps you understand your faith and to live out your faith. And you build a life and then the life builds you. And um, when we set time aside to say, this is how I want to live, it actually forms us. It changes us over time. So, uh, be intentional. It takes a little work, but it, it does have significance if you keep carrying it out. I know it does for our family and has for us in the past as well. Absolutely. Well, Lisa, as we close here, I think you had a kind of a special note on our podcast going forward. A little announcement here. So when Kevin and I started the podcast, I, I kind of have when it comes to any, like, mm, I don't know, ministry or entrepreneurial, anything like that. I kind of have this little mental rule in my mind of it's the 80% rule. When I get to 80% of the way there, I'm like, I think I've got this like 80% of the way. That's when we just dive in with almost anything. So that's kind of what we did with this podcast. When we hit 80% of like, yep, I think we got this. That's when we started. So we're always going to be working to make this podcast better and doing what we can to improve it and have it be something that's of value to you. And so what we're doing, what we've decided here, because we just jumped in and started podcasting, is that we're gonna we're gonna close this season out right now with episode twenty, which is right how now. many we got to. Kind of sudden, but we're gonna uh-huh. do it. Yeah. So we're gonna end season one of the How to Catholic Podcast. And then in about six weeks, we're gonna start season two. And so the goal, what we're looking towards here, is to do two seasons each year of 20 episodes. So we're going to take a little six week break here to evaluate kind of what we've done over these last 20 episodes and look at what's worked, what hasn't, and just try to figure out how do we make this podcast even better. So we would love your feedback on that. If you've got any ideas or suggestions or maybe 
maybe you'd like to see some kind of a segment or, you know, does the challenge work for you? Does it not? Do you like the format? We'd love to hear from you all. And you can do that. You can email me at hello at made to magnify.com. I'd love to uh, hear from you there. Or you can tweet out to us or really just anywhere um, on social media. Leave us a note and let us know um, what you like, what you don't like. Uh, and also we'd love suggestions for future interviews. Yep. If there's someone who you know just really has an amazing way that they live out their Catholic faith in a certain area of life. It doesn't even have to be specifically Catholic. Um, we talk about non-Catholic things, but how do we live our Catholic faith in that all the time? So shoot us a, an email at hello at made to magnify.com or catch us on on social media. And if, yeah, what's one thing is sometimes we obviously have a podcast together and other times we interview folks. Is there one that you like more than the other? Do you enjoy it when it's just Lisa and I? Is it is it better when we do interviews? Whatever it might be. We love to get just as much, yeah, thoughts from you all as possible. We're just so grateful that you're along for the ride, whether this is your first episode or your 20th episode. We're just so uh, blessed to be able to uh, have you uh, with us as we do this podcast. So thank you uh, for these first 20 episodes and uh, yeah, being with us. Yeah, closing out season one, there the you Hatchet go. Catholic Podcast right here, right now. So thanks for joining us and we will see you in about six weeks. Be saints. It's worth it. It's worth it. God bless. God bless. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast today. We are so honored that you've given us your time. Show notes for this episode can be found at madetomagnify.com and you can connect with me on Twitter at Kevin R. Cotter and Lisa on Twitter and Instagram at Lisa Ann Cotter. That's Ann with no E. We'd love to hear from you there with any questions, comments, or suggestions for topics or guests. And would you do us a quick favor? If you've enjoyed today's episode, would you head on over to iTunes and rate the show for us? This helps us get the podcast out there to those who are looking for a show just like this. Until next time, be saints. It's worth it. Bye.